Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ben, we'll just jump right back into it because that's what we do. We're professionals. We learned close to puck drop last night that Derek Englund, the defenseman for the Golden Knights, would serve as a healthy scratch for the first time this season and probably the first time ever in a Golden Knights uniform. Uh, Nick Hegg taking his spot in the defensive lineup last night. Uh how do you feel the lineup responded as a whole? And specifically, how do you think Nick Hag and his pairing with Shea Theodore worked out last night? I mean, honestly, and this is a little bit weird to talk about now that Nick Hag has been sent down to the American Hockey League. Today. I know, right? I thought that was uh, Nick Hag's best game in the NHL. I think he was more aggressive uh, pinching. I think he was more physical than we've seen him. I think he just looked a lot more comfortable because he was playing with a more mobile defensive partner like Shea Theodore. So Hag knew he could pinch, he could go hit somebody, and that he had a partner on the back end who'd be willing to cover for him if anything happened. That's not the case when he played with Derek England earlier this year, because that's two of your probably slowest defensemen on the team. And that partnership just didn't seem to work for Hag or England. So I like what I saw from Hag last night. It obviously wasn't a great look from Derek England, who's, I think, struggled so far to say this year, that the team was 4-for-4 four four on the penalty kill without him. So he certainly didn't miss him. Tonight, uh, as of right now, maybe he draws back in the lineup against the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow because there's only six defensemen on the roster, but obviously things are fluid. But it'll be really interesting to see how they play with their defensemen and kind of who they roll out there moving forward. As you mentioned, they sent Nick Hag down and Nicholas Roy right back down to the AHL squad with the Chicago Wolves. We've seen that happen a few times already this year, and I know that it's basically to attempt to evade the cap complications because the Golden Knights are so tight to their salary cap. Is this just basically going to be what the new normal is for the Golden Knights this season? I think it might have to be moving forward now that they've got everybody healthy. It was a little bit easier when you had Alex Tuck and Nate Schmidt hurt early this season. Easier in terms of the cap, not, of course, on the ice for the Golden Knights, because you could put those guys on long-term injured reserve, which allows you to exceed the cap by their respective cap hits. Such has made things so much easier. And now that things are not that way and not as easy as they were before, I think we're definitely going to see a lot of that Chicago shuttle back and forth just on days that they're off because they didn't practice today. So that way they try to accrue as much kind of cap space as they can while they can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you joined me for the first time on the Nightcap just a couple nights ago on Monday, and that can be found on CBS Sports Radio 1140.com or on the Radio.com app. But one of the main themes that we discussed is how the Golden Knights were struggling in closing out games, and specifically their third periods were really rough 20-minute increments to watch. And the Knights shut it down last night. Do you feel like the team performed that much better yesterday? Was it because Columbus has been struggling? Where do you think they are in, in those improvements in the defensive zone and in the, in the third period specifically? Yeah, obviously, I think playing Columbus helps, but they've shown the ability to grind out some road wins. It reminded me a lot of the game that they had in Pittsburgh earlier this season, oh, yeah, where they basically game. won one nothing, except they added two empty net goals late. But they were able to kind of control the puck, and they were able to limit chances in front of Mark Andre Fleury. And Fleury made just enough really good saves to kind of give him a grinded out victory. And so, if they can keep that up. 
because that's the way they're going to need to play against high-powered offenses in Toronto and D.C. in their next two games. That could be really good because they need to keep building up points here. Now we'll see if they can eventually translate those lessons that they're learning on the road to at home. But I think they have figured something out in how to grind out road victories right now. We're just recapping the Golden Knights win with Ben Gotts from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Knights get the 2-1 to win over the Columbus Blue Jackets last night with two goals from Riley Smith, one of them being shorthanded. At this point, the Golden Knights lead the NHL with five shorthanded goals this season. Should teams just decline the penalties at this point, Ben? Should they just refuse to go on the power play? Especially if William Carlson and Riley Smith are out there. I mean, those two just have insane chemistry on the penalty kill. And of course they have the speed to make teams pay. Cause obviously you see that so much on the power play of teams get aggressive teams skate into the offensive zone a little bit, but if they have a turnover, which they had last night and Nick Holden was able to get it up yep. quickly to William Carlson, then boom, you're getting burned the other way. So, I mean, I would think at some point you're going to have to see teams adjust and really be cautious with that puck when Riley Smith and William Carlson are on the ice in the penalty kill. Especially, now maybe that means sorry, sorry, good power plays for other teams, but eventually you got to adjust. Especially with Carlson as a playmaker. That pass that he made to Riley Smith on that game-winning goal last night was unbelievable. At least I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, William Carlson was fired up last night to play against the team that drafted him. He had two like pretty hard hits in that game, and we never see William Carlson hit mm-hmm. anybody. So that shows you uh, how pumped he was to return to Ohio. It's certainly important for teams, Ben, to win the close games. As, as Lindsay mentioned, we don't see a lot of 2-1 games anymore, and Vegas moving up in the point standings. It was truly a clean effort by the Knights, uh, and we hadn't seen that in a couple of games. They were they had made mistakes. They had turned the puck over in their own zone, and, and it just felt like they weren't working as one unit, and it feels like maybe mixing things up a little bit, making that Chicago shuffle is maybe helping this team maybe find its rhythm again, even though it seems contradictory to just what I said. Yeah, like I said, I thought Nicholas Haig was really good last night. Now, Nicholas Waugh, as the fourth-line setter, I don't think had quite a strong game. Certainly wasn't as good as his debut against the Anaheim Ducks. But I think this is what creates good chemistry on your hockey team is if you have accountability. And that's something that we saw in that game, not just with Nicholas Haig getting in the lineup, but Derek England was benched after a really bad turnover against the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, his bad pass but directly to the Jets' first goal in the night's overtime loss to them on Saturday. So I think that sends a really strong message from Coach Gerard Galan of like, hey, if we're not playing well or if you have a really bad mistake, like we will change things up on you. Like We're not afraid to sit you down. And then if it can happen to Derek England, your 37-year-old assistant captain, then it can happen to anyone. And so I think that was a really strong message that was sent before the game. And then I kind of played like they received that message. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I discussed at length on Monday Night in the Nightcap how important accountability is on any sort of NHL team that's looking to make any sort of postseason run. They face off against the high-octane offense. And, well, that's about it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tomorrow night in Toronto, they get a win over the Los Angeles Kings 3-1 to last night. How do you think that that they're gonna the Golden Knights are gonna match up against the offense that is the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing for them is try to take whatever they learned about you know playing strong in the defensive zone against the Columbus Blue Jackets and try to apply it as much as possible to tomorrow night. So that's a lot harder when you're playing against lines that are centered by guys like John Tavares and Austin Matthews. But all the more reason if you're the Golden Knights, you can't 
turn the puck over in bad spots. You can't put yourself in bad situations. You have to play as solidly and as structured as possible in your defensive zone. Don't make mistakes. Don't get greedy with your passes and just try to grind out another win or at least a point if you can in Toronto. I think that's the key for the team tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I think by getting that win last night, it definitely takes some pressure off of them, as we discussed on Monday, and we talked a little bit on of the playmakers yesterday. I think they need to go 500, the Golden Knights, on this road trip. It's gonna it's a tall order considering the opponents on their slate, but getting off to a good start. Now, because the Knights are on the road, we're a little bit at the mercy of the beat writers that are on the road with the team. And to guys like you, Ben, because you do the Golden Knights full-time, now the playmakers have started. We're kind of taking all of the sports, but hockey is always my main thing. Should we expect to see Mark andre Fleury between the pipes again tomorrow night? You know, I, we, they didn't practice today, so I don't have a, an official update on that. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you're Fleury if you want that challenge. Yeah. I mean, at some point, they do need to give Malcolm Subban another opportunity. They wanted to play Malcolm Subban, I think, a little bit more this season. And then, of course, he got hurt mm-hmm. in his first start, which did not make that any easier. But, obviously, Mark andre Fleury is a guy who wants to play every single game he's so so competitive and i think that's the thing that maybe gets lost because we all uh get caught up in the pranks he does or the goofy little things he does but i mean that guy loves to compete he wants to win more than anything and so i think mark andre Fleur is going to absolutely be excited by the challenges that get provided by that toronto lineup we'll see if the knights have enough fortitude to hold them back because i think it's going to be tough Mark Andre Fleury gets the benefit of the doubt because he is Mark Andre Fleury. I think they're dealing with the same kind of issue in Toronto with their tender there with Frederick Anderson, who hasn't been as solid as he has been. I mean, they're relying a lot more on offense, and they're mm-hmm. they're they're dealing with backup goalie issues there. It's almost like looking at mirror images with the two two men in goal. Yeah, you're not wrong yeah, there. I think the key for the Knights and the Maple Leafs and a lot of other teams haven't figured out yet is you have to look to what Boston is doing, especially. For the Knights, if you have an older goaltender, I mean, Boston has figured out, like, hey, Tuka Rask was really fresh for the playoffs last year because we decided, like, he's not going to start 60 games anymore. We're going to keep him fresh for the postseason. He's going to play 40-some games. We signed a really good backup in Yaroslav Halak to kind of take the load off of him. But if you're the Knights, you're still kind of waiting to figure out what you have in your backup goaltender, Malcolm Subban. And so that, that's not a guy you always feel confident inserting instead of Flurry. And so, yeah, the Maple Leafs are kind of working through the same thing. But, I mean, it's definitely an issue that's coming up across the NHL that goaltenders need days off. Goaltenders, if you want them fresh for the postseason, need to get regular rest. And that's something the Knights are still kind of fighting with. Yeah, I wouldn't say Frederick Anderson is technically in Marc-Andre Fleury's class, even remotely close to, but... I didn't say he right. was in his class. I'm just saying we need to make sure we're not starting rumors here because I Freddie Anderson's a, a solid goaltender. He used to play for the Ducks. He, he kind of lost his job to John Gibson, and John Gibson is, you know, taking and run with it in Anaheim. But no, Ben, you're, you're 100% correct in, in thinking that... The tandem goalie is a is a necessity, and one of the goal one of the first uh, teams to do it was one that Mark Andre Fleury was part of. They just kind of accidentally backed into it that uh, f- that year that they won the cup when Matt Murray took over and won the cup his rookie season because Fleury got a concussion and was injured. And you you've seen some teams take an active role into saying, "Hey, we are going to take some minutes away from our starting goaltender and spread them out." Or teams are being forced to through injury. And either way, as long as your goalie's fresh in the playoffs, that's the end goal, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, that's what Flurry wants. That's what this organization wants. That's what everyone wants. Like I said, the key is, you know, on, say, tomorrow, November 7th, 
is sitting down with Marc-Andre Fleury and telling him you're going to get a day off. And like I said, I don't know if they will actually give him the day off. I don't know if they even want to give him that day off. But I think Fleury is a guy that just wants to be in the net as much as possible. So every time you have to tell him that you want to sit him, it's going to be a hard conversation. But it's a conversation that those people in the organization get paid to make. So in all likelihood, you're facing Toronto t- tomorrow night. Then you have the cap at the Capitals the next on, what is it, Saturday? And then Sunday, they're going to be in Detroit. So Malcolm, probably if you're going to give them one of these next three games, would most likely get the one in Detroit, right? I would think so, depending on how you want to play that back-to-back. Because I think you have to structure it where you really want to get those two points in Detroit. The Capitals have the most points in the league right now. Their offense is on fire. I mean, everyone knows the dangerous weapons that teams have that team has. So it's gonna be really hard to go into their building and win. So I think you've got to focus on getting two points in Detroit because even if you lose tomorrow and Saturday against the Capitals, if you get two points in Detroit, it's a five hundred road trip. And as a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, you're probably okay with that. So getting two points out of Detroit is key. Again, we're joined by Ben Goats from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He is my homeland homie because we both hail from the state of Minnesota. Thanks again so much, Ben, for joining us today and for joining us on the Nightcap earlier this week. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.